Hello, everyone. Welcome to Cellular Healing TV. I'm Ashley Smith, and today's episode, we are revisiting a popular interview from 2018, where Dr. Pampa sits down with Dr. Thomas Levy, who is a renowned cardiologist who has dedicated his career researching the effect that oral pathogens have on the body and how they are the primary cause of heart disease. As you know, this is a topic we cannot get enough of. So I hope you enjoy. Welcome again to Cellular Healing TV. I want to give thanks to one of our sponsors, Cytodefend. Look, at a time like this, I think that our immune system and keeping our immune system up right now is more important than ever. I can also tell you that I pay attention to the things that keep my immune system on par and healthy. So, so glad that Cytodefend is one of our sponsors here on Cell TV, and it's a product that I use, my family uses, and hopefully you'll check it out. And by the way, you can check it out with the link right here below. If you want to try a free bottle, you can actually get a free bottle, just pay the shipping. And I think you'll reorder after that, but check it out. If you're listening to this podcast and want to access the amazing Cytodefend product Dr. Pampa just mentioned, please visit freeimmunity.com. Again, that's freeimmunity.com. All right. Welcome, Dr. Tom Levy. Thank you for being here. Uh, this is a special series that we're doing from the SOPMED conference. And you were part of the mastermind uh, last night as well, where we're looking at the future of medicine. And the topic that we're going to discuss here, I felt came up, I sure hammered it home, and you did too. So you'll have to wait to see what that topic is. But man, you changed my life. And um, my viewers have heard me talk about my experience and my story. It was your, I don't know, was it your first book? Probably not but it was one of your original that books. That was my 10th book. Okay, 10th book shows you uh, how, gosh, that was a long time ago. That was back in you know, 2000, but um, his book called The Roots of Disease. I read his book and it convinced me to get my root canal out. I had no pain on plain films. It looked perfectly normal. We're going to emphasize that, but yet, when I read your information in The Roots of Disease, and you authored that, co-authored it with Hal Huggins. No, with Robert Kulak. Oh, right, that's right, correct. <clears throat> and, but it was my searching through Hal Huggins right. that led me to that book. Correct. And that's when I said, it may not have been why I got sick. However, it could have been a part of how I got sick because it's the perfect storm. But I was convinced that I wasn't going to get well, possibly with that root canal in my mouth. So thank you, right up the top. So, and I, I thank you yesterday. Yeah. Always, always <laughs> glad to hear a, a story with a happy ending. Yeah, no, no, no doubt about it. And uh, I, back then, uh, just went with this Maryland bridge, and we can talk more about uh, options there as well. But uh, not that he's a dentist, you're actually a medical doctor. So let's start there. Tell your story. I mean, how, how does a cardiologist <clears throat> end up writing books about dentistry? And by the way, I'm going to promote your new book right now because it's The Hidden Epidemic and I see a lot of teeth on the front. So once again, this is another dental book written by a medical doctor, cardiologist. Well, you know, I would say fate or destiny or whatever you want to term it is what led me into this because even though it looks like I'm too much concentrated on the teeth, <clears throat> we show you by evidence of the data in there and the articles from the literature that it is in fact infections in the mouth, 
the gums, the teeth, the tonsils, and the sinuses that cause a vast majority of disease and make worse all disease. And as the title of the book says, it's the primary cause, and by primary cause I mean greater than 95% of all heart attacks are caused by pathogens coming from one of those four sources or more than one of those sources <clears throat> in the mouth. And you, now, said, you said last night the only reason it may not be 100 is because nothing's 100 that's right. in biology. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Uh, it, there's a good chance it's 100%, but you just immediately get branded a lunatic it's if you true. say that. 95. So, we'll 90, 95 that. is comfortable. Uh -huh. So some 25 years ago, I was actually living in Colorado Springs here, Dr. Hal Huggins, probably the most significant renegade maverick uh, anti-mercury, and as I later found out, anti-root canal dentist, mm -hmm. I got associated with him, met him at a conference here in town. He invited me to come by and look at his clinic. Quite honestly, I was getting tired of cardiology. I really didn't get any satisfaction there. In the synergy of the timing, I ended up seeing what Hal did, and I started working with him. And what I saw the first few days I was there is I saw patients with Lou Gehrig's, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, multiple sclerosis, sick, sick, sick people. People that I was informed in my training really weren't supposed to get better. Mm -hmm. And nothing's 100%. I'm not going to say this always happened, but Hal had a program, yeah. <clears throat> put them through a total dental revision, extracted root canals, took out the mercury, uh, cleaned up infected implants, took care of cavitational disease, and started an extensive nutritional and supplemental program. And for example, I saw patients, some, who had been wheelchair bound for over a year, take their first few steps yeah. after a couple weeks. And part of it, and this is what really triggered where I am now, was when I saw many of these very sick patients I mean, they looked so miserable, and then they went and got four hours worth of the most horrible advanced dental work extractions, and they'd come out of it, <clears throat> and they were looking bright and alert yeah. and feeling better and wanted to go out to a restaurant in town. And Hal, if you knew him, had a very wry sense of humor. I said, Hal, what's going on? How can these people be so animated and feel so good? And he sort of pointed at the IV bag. And I said, well, thank you, Hal, but that doesn't help me a whole lot. I've got a lot of IVs in my life. They haven't had this effect. He said, well, it's what's in it. I said, what's in it? <laughs> Obviously. He said, 50 grams of vitamin C. I had never heard of vitamin C being used in a therapeutic capacity before in my life. But for whatever reason, I'm not trying to give myself credit for anything other than to say that I don't routinely deny what my eyes have witnessed. And what I witnessed was, to me at the time, nothing short of a miracle. So I said, it's about time I jump in with both feet and figure out what the heck vitamin C is doing. Yeah. And that sort of began the story. Yeah. And um, we can talk even more, more about that because uh, it is significant. I mean, how started the vitamin C after, uh, you know, any of these dental surgeries or procedures? You know, I mean, he described it as many ways. Obviously, there's an anti-inflammatory effect, upregulates glutathione, even as a neutralizing effect. 
on Mercury. He said back then, I mean, I, you know, that was some of his way of describing why people felt so darn good afterwards, but there's probably other reasons. Well, I don't even know at this point in time because we've seen a lot more things develop, a lot more literature of everything that Hal knew about vitamin C at the time, but he knew a lot. Oh, yeah. And he knew that it had a powerful effect on infections. He knew that it had a powerful effect on toxins, which are invariably part yeah. of any infection. And it had a primary stimulating effect on healing. Yes. One thing that Hal would do that no other dentist I'd ever seen before him was when he had a particularly bad area that was extracted, he would inject two to three units of what's long-acting insulin, PZI insulin. And when you look at the literature today, you now see that insulin is an agent that, guess what, pulls vitamin C into the cells. Mm -hmm. So Hal was using an agent that pulled the vitamin C into the cell and accelerated the healing. So he was, yeah, he was, he was a man time. way ahead of his time. Yeah. All right, let's, let's go back to, uh, you know, 95% of all disease. Oh, look, the all oral microbes, I think the last 20 years have been associated with heart attacks. I mean, that's why dentists want to give an antibiotic after, you know, certain procedures in the mouth, right? So 20 years. Now, are, are you familiar with the new study that just came out this year in February? The study states that 7 out of 10 chronic inflammatory diseases are from oral microbes. I mean, that, that's, that's in line with what you're saying is perhaps... I'm not know, familiar with that particular study, but, I, but out, I can I tell you, if anything, that's a low bulb. Yeah. Especially depending on the disease that you look at. We now know from studies from 2013 to the present that in one study, 100%, 34 out of 34 plaque specimens that were pulled out of coronary arteries at atherectomy, that's where you sort of mm -hmm. do a, a roto-rooter and pull the plaque out. They sent those off for analysis, and they found an array of over 50 different pathogens of oral origin, mm -hmm. and in each particular plaque had at least between two and nine different pathogens in it, okay? Now, plaques should be sterile, or at the very least, <clears throat> they shouldn't have any significant microbial right. contamination. Mm -hmm. But in this case, and in cases, other cases, the concentration was substantial, not incidental. And it was always from the mouth. Yeah. Okay, so uh, the evidence is now very clear <clears throat> that pathogens from the mouth are not associated or linked to heart disease. They are the direct cause. Yeah. Because in another study in 2013, they pulled the blood clots out of patients who had acute MIs, examined them, and not only did they have these pathogens most of the time, they had them in a concentration yeah. of 16-fold, 1,600% higher than the surrounding plasma. Now, you didn't have a sterile blood clot that suddenly got colonized. You got a blood clot that formed because of all the pathogens were there. Right. So we got to stop trying to gloss over and minimize the impact of this by saying, Oh, it's associated, it's linked. Yeah. Well, yeah, it is, but we now have the evidence to show that the association oh. and that link is cause yeah. and effect. I'll share that study with you because it's your point. I mean, it's, it's showing causative factors. Seven out of ten, like you said, that's probably an underestimation. Uh, you know, there was a study years ago. One of the things that actually convinced me was they took a root canal and they put it in rabbits. Talk about that because people don't probably know about that, but that was years ago. 
and the rabbits took on the same diseases of the person that had the root canal. Well, probably <clears throat> one of the greatest scientific minds, in my opinion, of the previous century was of Dr. Weston Price. Yeah. He was a, a dentist who did a lot of primary research, and in this particular mm -hmm. case, although he did many, many, many yeah. other things, he would take <clears throat> extract root canals from individuals that had a neurologic disease, a heart disease, an arthritic disease, Neuro yeah, okay, and without any further contamination, just taking it out, he would, for lack of a better word, he'd put it subcutaneous, he'd tuck it into a subcutaneous mm -hmm. flap underneath the rabbit, and within a few days, the rabbit would get the identical syndrome yeah. that that patient had and then die. And <laughs> this might not be, this might be cruelty to the rabbits, I don't know if you want to say that, but he would then take that tooth and he would show that same tooth in 40 consecutive rabbits would cause the same syndrome and death within a few days. And different diseases, different scenarios. But there was no question that not only were these teeth infected, they had powerful toxins because yeah. these were mostly, by using logical reasoning, toxins that were eluting off of the root canal right. tooth rather than, I mean, it didn't really cause this huge, big infection, but it invariably caused the disease syndrome the human being had and ultimate death. What, what camp are you in? In the alternative uh, dental, dental world, and even in the alternative world, there's two camps. There's one that amongst the biological dentists that believe you can do a root canal safe, and there's one that believes that you can never do a root canal safe. Well, I have to be balanced there. Now, <laughs> all the time I was working with Hal, it was like root canals, never, always toxic, etc. cetera. Uh, what I've discovered since might have my former mentor huh? flipping in his grave a little bit, but we've had some, in the context of writing this new book, Hidden Epidemic, root canals are 100% infected, all of them. Yes. And we also That's have important. a subset of teeth that are asymptomatically infected. They've never been worked on, but we see on x-ray a big abscess. <clears throat> well, it turns out they've done studies where they've compared systemic effects of these infected teeth that have never been worked on in a root canal tooth. And the root canal tooth shows substantially less toxicity than this tooth that is infected but has never been taken out or operated on. So what does this translate into? Well, I still maintain, and I would side with Dr. Huggins, that if the patient comes into you and has one of these asymptomatic teeth, which is uh, detectable on the 3D cone beam imaging, that. Uh -huh. okay, <clears throat> that it should be extracted. I mean, if the patient says, Dr. Dennis, do what's best for my health, no question. The tooth should come out and you follow it with an implant or leave it alone, depends. But <clears throat> the patient plays a role in their dental and their health care. So what do you do when the patient says, no, you can't extract that tooth. Right. It feels fine. You don't have my permission to do that. Do whatever else you think is best for it, but without extracting the tooth. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Under those circumstances, based on the literature that we have, a root canal procedure on that tooth will make it less toxic yeah. than if you left it alone. True, I would okay. agree with that. And then you can counsel the patient, 
Now we're going to periodically repeat this test. If there's a big, huge abscess growing back on this tooth, or if your blood work, your C-reactive protein is getting bad, or other metabolic syndrome, blood work's getting bad, I'm going to encourage you very strongly to get it extracted. But if none of that happens and all your blood work stays good, we'll leave it as it is. Because, and we don't have further data on this, and the book suggests that these studies should be done, is we know for sure some people get a brew canal and they get a heart attack six months later. Because they mobilize some right. of that. But we also know some people get root canals and they do fine for decades. And they live normal lifespans. So how do you figure out what group you're in? Well, right now you can't predict which group you're going to be in. And that's, that's <laughs> the Russian roulette of it all. Yeah, yeah. But an expertly done, this is the other thing too, if a root canal is to be done, it has to be done <clears throat> by a high-volume endodontist because if it's done poorly, it will have much more problems than if you have an endodontist that really excavates well, seals all the areas, and not much, for lack of a better word, leakage takes place in the apical area that the immune system can't counteract. Right. So you have all those provisos, but if the patient says, do what's best for me, the infected tooth needs to come out. Would you take, if you, the patient says do what's best for me, would you take the root canal out? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, explain to them why every root canal actually, even with the best methods, has anaerobic bacteria, which are these bacteria that really cause a lot of these problems that we're talking about. Well, even though most of the time the tooth that you're going to do a root canal on is already infected, sometimes that's not the case. Mm -hmm. It might be pain from another origin, or you might not, really know what's going on with the tooth and the dentist just says, well, you need a root canal and you end up getting it. Invariably, always, what they do with the root canal tooth is they go in through the top and they core out the root, the pulp, the root, the nerve and the blood supply and the connective tissues. They core out the middle of the tooth and there's nothing but a tooth that's a hole there. Well, even though you might have nerve endings in the, in the jawbone where the bone inserts, above there, the tooth is dead. The tooth has been embalmed mm -hmm. in situ. And once you do that, there's no way the immune system can ever reach the infection that's present there. Right. Your immune system is not magic. It needs a physical matrix to move from one area to the other. It needs connective tissue fibers, right. blood vessels, nerves, you name it. And if you don't have a physical matrix, the immune system can't do anything for right. you. So as a result of this, and this has been corroborated by the work of Dr. Huggins and Dr. Uh, Boyd Haley yep. of the University and of Kentucky, <clears throat> they analyzed over 5,000 consecutive extracted root canal teeth from around the country. They just sent them all in. And by the way, most of which would say had no symptoms. That's right. Most of which have no symptoms. And they analyzed them, and in 100% of those 5,000 teeth, Dr. Haley found extremely potent toxins that in his particular <clears throat> laboratory setup potently inhibited critical enzymes in the body that are used to regulate energy. So that was found 100% of the time. And just to make sure it wasn't an artifact from, you know, well, you got to pull the tooth out through this through this infected toxic mouth, they also analyzed a few teeth removed for orthodontic purposes, which are usually normal teeth 
They're, they don't want the teeth to be crowded. They let braces come and yeah. put it in. Those teeth were completely sterile and had no none of these toxins at all. So the root canal, and they can call me crazy if they want, you okay. can put the 100% label on this. 100% of root canals, whether they hurt or not, and whether they show an abscess on this x-ray or not, mm. are infected and they're dead, the upper part. And that's the concern. <clears throat> Many people watching this, uh, they have health challenges and their, sure. their immune system's already compromised. That's why I got my root canal out. Wasn't bothering me, wasn't considered infected, I would say. But knowing those bacteria in there, I knew what could happen and maybe what was already happening, but I got it removed regardless. So, all right, let's, uh, let's give them some options. People, I know people that watch this will say, well, what do we do? That's always the question, right? So I take my root canal. I can tell you what I did, but what are some options today? And things got better since I have had mine done, but what are some options once you remove a root canal? Well, really, the options are, are, fairly, are fairly small. One is if it's a non-critical non spot, you leave a space Absolutely. there. Absolutely. Okay? I did that for about four years, by the way. I didn't have the money. Number two is uh, if the anatomy permits, you can put a removable bridge or a permanent bridge, you know, so you need two teeth. The downside with the bridge, and I have a couple bridges myself, they were done a long time ago. The downside with the bridge is you have to really shave down two healthy teeth yeah. on either side of the gap in order to put the bridge in. But at least for me so far, thank goodness they've worked out. That's an option too. And that's called a Maryland bridge. And I have something called Zircon. It's really strong, so it's lasted years. It's really done well. There it is right there. All right, see that? Okay. Camera guy, uh -huh. you really want to see my teeth? There you go. All right, that's good. And if you really want to, um, if you already have a large number of other teeth missing, a partial plate or sometimes a full plate is the answer. And then finally, and very significantly, are implants. Mm -hmm. uh, implants, I think, have gotten a little bit of a bad reputation undeservedly because the literature now shows <clears throat> that Believe it or not, this really stunned me, and it's in the book here, that when you have an infected tooth taken out, and you do all the appropriate things, you clean out the socket, you give them ozone, mm -hmm. maybe give them antibiotics, IV vitamin C, mm -hmm. platelet-rich plasma, everything to promote good healing. We talk about all those okay. things on other shows, by the way. You can put an implant or start the implant process the same day, okay? Used to be intuitively, I just felt, well, you got to let it, yeah, it was bone fill in for months, four yeah. or five, six yeah. months. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, is, and this is what I did not realize that I since learned, is that when you just have a hole there that's you leave alone, over the next few months, you are going to grow in far less bone right. than if you have something sticking in it. Yeah. It, will, it will stimulate and the bone will go around it. So... Uh, there's been an increasing problem with the old titanium implants, but we're finding the zirconia implants are doing very well. That was one of my questions. And on the order of almost 95% of the time, you end up with a good outcome with an implant done in this fashion. And 95% is a pretty good percentage yeah. for just about any type of procedure you could look at, especially when you see the diversity and the variable illnesses yeah. and situations that... Well, you know, I, I think I, I did not for that. It was only titanium at the time. You know, I did little homework there, immunosuppressive things I didn't like. So I went with the bridge. 
Today, we do have the zircon or zirconium oxide implants. And with the PRF, stem cell, really, you know, basically activating your own stem cells, I think they can be done safely now. So yes. I would have opted for an implant, a zircon implant today. And it's important, you know, that the patient gets education because if the procedure is done well at the outset and the patient understands the care that mm -hmm. they need to place, these things really never become infected unless you neglect the gum lines around it because mm, that's big. If, if you don't, if you let the gums become inflamed, you have a new portal of entry for brand new bacteria to come in, work their yeah, way down. They will, and you develop an infection. And sometimes that can be resolved because you're not dealing with an infection inside the implant, just just in the surrounding bone. But most of the time, once an infection sets mm -hmm. up at an implant, it's got to come out. I, if I just <clears throat> popped into my mind, you know before we exit this conversation of root canals and move on to uh, other things. The fact is, and someone brought it up last night, I think it was Dr. Zach Bush, that just a dead tooth in the mouth, what does that do to the immune system? What is your feelings on that? Meaning that we, you know, you said, and I agree that, you know, there could be a need for a root canal or someone has it in, but it's a dead tooth. Is that a problem? Yeah, I think we were playing a little bit with semantics last night. A dead tooth is an infected tooth, okay? You can't have a dead tooth for well, any period of time without being chronically infected. And it's going to be even worse if you see a huge abscess, but all of these infected teeth have some degree of yeah. abscess around them. So uh, I didn't completely understand everything okay. Dr. Bush was saying last night, but I know... When you have this type, and it's not a colonization. I think there was a little play over semantics, colonization versus infection. Colonization is when you have a few bacteria, no systemic impact is taking place, and you're certainly not having secondary phenomena like pus and abscess mm -hmm. formation. Once you start forming pus and abscess, you've got not a minimally but a severely infected tooth. Yeah. And guess what? Everywhere else in medicine... If you have an abscess or an infection, it's got to come out. That's surgery. Okay. It's got to be debrided and taken out as best and completely as possible because they all produce nonstop torrents of pro-oxidant or toxic yeah. debris that brings down your immune status everywhere mm -hmm. in your body, not just in your yeah. mouth. It's been said <clears throat> that 88% of wisdom teeth removed end up in something known as a cavitation, which is... It's like a cavity in the jaw. It's an infection in the jaw, which I see ruin people's lives, drive autoimmune, unexplainable illnesses. Talk about that. Well, actually, that came from a paper that Dr. Huggins and I put together. I, I reviewed ah. a whole series of his um, patients that had come into his clinic. And what they did at the time was, if you had four wisdom teeth extracted, uh, after you were numbed up, of course, they just took the drill bit and they just pressed on the top. And usually after mm -hmm. two or three seconds, it was boom, boom. It's like going into missing the stud and drywall. Into a hole. Yeah. Well, some, I'm not going to be a little off on my numbers, but some 75 to 80% of people that had four wisdom teeth extracted had at least three cavitations by falling in. And very high in the 90s, people that had those extracted 
had one or more. Yeah, okay, so it's not rare. That's the point to make. Yeah. It's not rare, it's expected. When you do an extraction, a typical extraction, a typical extraction does not involve a routing out of the, of the, of the, uh, of the extraction site because the tooth sits in a strong ligamentous, almost like havoc. It's like a shock absorber for the tooth. Yeah, Dontoid you know, ligaments. You know, periodontal ligament, okay? And when you don't extract that ligament, guess what? You have a hole here, you have ligament, and you have normal bone cells here. Well, the normal bone cells don't know the tooth is gone because it still sees the ligament. Ah. So you've lost the natural stimulus for bone to come in. And instead, the bone senses where the ligament ends at the top of the extraction site over. and then fills in a little thin cap of bone over top. is the infection in here, the cavitation. Correct. Right. And, you know, I mean, it, it even happens with people who got the ligament removed, uh, which I would have said is a, a better job just because the, even the anesthetics they use perhaps were vasoconstrictors, <clears throat> lack of blood flow in the area, therefore infection still formed. Well, and there's a lot of these are older people, okay? They have osteoporosis. Mm -hmm. uh, well, guess what? You're not going to yeah. have the bone of a 21-year-old in your mouth if, you're, uh, if your femur is getting ready to fracture from osteoporosis. So you're dealing with older people, depressed and suppressed immune systems, coagulation disorders, mm -hmm. and... So it's actually the exception rather than the rule to clean out one of these cavitations and just expect it to fill in yeah. completely with bone. What you hope for is to get a good clean out and turn a cavitation this big into a much smaller residual mm -hmm. cavitation because as they get smaller and smaller and smaller, they become by all observations and blood work and clinical status clinically inconsequential. Mm -hmm. When they get massive ah. and they start spreading along the nerves inside the tooth, they can be as toxic as anything else oh. that you encounter. So it's the whole range of clinically inconsequential to being the primary reason for your chronic degenerative disease. Yeah, and I, <clears throat> I see it all the time. I, I just recently, literally last week before I came here, I had a client um, and they went, they got their cavitation out and a root canal and it may have been a month or two in between since I had talked to the person, but their autoimmune already shut down. Blood work, Hashimoto's, normal. Other autoimmune markers, normal. I mean, that was in that short period of time. So, I mean, that's the impact that these infections have on the immune system. Well, Dr. Huggins, many years ago, at his clinic, he had the two-week period where he did everything in the mouth, gave him nutrition, gave him supplements, I don't know if it was routinely or just frequently, but often enough, he would have patients that had hugely elevated anti-nuclear antibodies, yeah. 64, 128, and higher to one, come back and go down to zero yeah. in two to three weeks. I, I've seen it. I've, that's a, I've seen it happen. I, I, I have the mystery illness when someone's not getting well and they're doing all these amazing it, things. We look here. And oftentimes it's these cavitations. It would have been very interesting, because this work was with Dr. Huggins some 25 years ago, it would have been very interesting to see if we were able to add to Dr. Huggins' magic uh -huh. already platelet-rich plasma in ozone. Yeah. Okay. We now have evidence, and there's a chapter on this in the new book uh, with Dr. Phil Mollica and Dr. Robert Harris in Pennsylvania. They give lectures on ozone and yeah. dentistry around the world. 
Dr. Malik has been able to show that uh, when you're persistent with ozone injections directly in the cavitation, no surgical intervention, which is almost crazy to us old timers, yeah, yeah. you can start to see the growth of new bones start to fill in the cavitation. I'm going to show a video uh, this <clears throat> evening in my lecture, and it's uh, Dr. Uh, Robert Rowan. He's speaking at one of my future seminars, but um, he has many YouTube videos of literally people you know, not even being able to walk. I'm thinking of the one that I'm showing this afternoon. And he injects number 215. And next scene, she's walking without her walker, without pain, and she's crying because she's the first time. Now, he did point out that he believed that tooth that he injected would need basically uh, you know, further care in the future. But he was proving to her the connection of that in her knees and her hip not working. And that connection's real. What about the meridians? There's <clears throat> nerve connections between these teeth in certain places of the body as well. My take on meridians is they're multiplicative factors, okay? Uh, if you have an infected tooth, whatever problems you're having are going to be multiplied many-fold and more concentrated on a certain organ system if they're in a particular location. But that said, even if they're not in a meridian of note, they're still going to cause you significant problems if you don't get them taken care of. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I guess the current terminology would say that meridians massively upregulate the toxicity and the pathology of these yeah. infected teeth. Well, look, in the past, you had brought something up. You said we had to, and this happened to me, I had a wisdom tooth uh, removed years ago. And when I was getting all of my dental work done, he drilled in and he found a little hole and he just kind of hauled it out, right? So that was the old way of detecting. Uh, and then there was these cavitat machines, these ultrasounds, they're still around. But today we have a different tool that I'm a big fan of and you and I both believe that everyone, everybody watching this should get this done just like any other test. Talk about it. Just as much as if you're wanting to see the doctor for the first time, should you get a fasting blood sugar? Absolutely. Yeah. That's the only way you're gonna know whether or not you're already diabetic, you're pre-diabetic, you're not in danger of diabetes, or you've got a, a, a blood sugar of 300 and you need insulin right away. Similarly, a lot of the pathology we talk about in the book, that's why it's called hidden epidemic, is because it's talking about not only root canal teeth, mm -hmm. which you see the infection on with this, with this new machine, but cone beam, a very large number, and this is revealed in the literature when I looked at the studies from around the world in different patient populations, a very large number, and by large number, I mean <clears throat> between 5 and 15% of all adult teeth show up as being infected on this study. And these are asymptomatic, okay? They don't hurt the patient. The patient feels fine, at least with regard to their mouth, but it's becoming increasingly apparent that just nearly all our chronic degenerative diseases, mm. which are already clearly shown to be linked to and often have a cause and effect relationship with periodontal or gum disease, well, guess what? The pathogens inside these infected teeth are the same array of pathogens yeah. that were present in the gums, except they represent a more concentrated presence of these pathogens and they have a greater and more efficient delivery system because 
You can chew and not really squeeze on your gums. When you chew on a tooth that has an apical infection, you push pathogens and toxins mm. into the bloodstream yeah. and in the lymphatics as or more effectively than if you took a, in, uh, took a syringe and, and pressed them IV. So these need to be found out about and addressed to give a patient their best chance at disease resolution. I had, go ahead. No, Especially with breast disease as well. Yeah, well, okay. we didn't talk about that. Yeah. I said we already have the evidence to show over 95% of heart attacks directly come yeah. from these oral cavity infections. Well, guess what? We have thermograms that show the red hot lines coming from yeah. these infected teeth coming right on down into the breasts. And when you get the breast lumps, even before you get the breast cancer, yes. they light up like Christmas trees. And when you biopsy them, you find these typical, or at least one of these typical periodontal pathogens in there. That's you important. also see GI cancers, and they have the same pathogens down there because you swallow them. So you pass them through the lymphatics into your breast, through your bloodstream around to your heart, or you swallow them. Wherever they yeah. end up, they increase oxidative stress and are often the primary provoking reason for developing a cancer. I, you know, I said this last night, it's frustrating to me because I get a lot of uh, clients from these very prestigious doctors around the country. And invariably, these people still have root canals, cavitations. They hadn't had even a cone beam, which they should have had. And believe it or not, even some still have silver fillings. And yet they were going to the best of the best, if you will, and yet those causes were not even considered. That's very frustrating to me, and it should be to you as well. <clears throat> you know, but it's the link between breast cancer, and we just, the prior weeks, interviewed some of the leading cancer doctors, and they all went here as a big causative factor, and it's, it's underlooked. They just came out in the last six months with um, this uh, clear choice implant commercial okay, where they're trying yeah, to promote implants, yeah. okay? Uh -huh. And then one of them, they have this old guy sitting there walking along saying, well, my cardiologist told me that all heart disease starts in the mouth and I better get these teeth taken mm -hmm. care of first before I go see him. Yeah. You could have knocked me out of my chair when I saw that. I mean, this yeah. is a nationwide commercial, so the Get barriers out. are slowly coming down. Coming down. One of the things, uh, I also work a lot with vitamin C, I said, and we now have what Dr. Marek did with sepsis and hydrocortisone and um, vitamin C completely blocking mortality from sepsis. And then a whole bunch of institutions in the States and around the world are now doing this work. That's a good sign, especially for one reason that nobody appreciates. Our esteemed institutions like Johns Hopkins, mm -hmm. Harvard, etc. They're never, take my paranoia for it, they're never going to recognize a country doctor for doing something that they haven't done or haven't discovered. Sure. But if they discover it, if they pick it up <laughs> and then do a series with 10,000 patients and show it, they'll take the credit for it and they'll get the Nobel Prize and they'll get, but that's okay. We Cause, know those cause, people. Because cause then, then at least the people will have what they most deserve and what's going to give yeah, them their best chance of long-term yeah. health. So when I, I had uh, a cone beam done, and first of all, I don't know if the camera guy there can focus in on the book, and I, I want to point this out. Um, tell me when you're in. Are you in? Okay, so 
If you see right around here, you'll see a massive cavitation. This is the same uh, film. Well, this is a plain x-ray that you get from your dentist. This is a cone beam that we're discussing that everybody should have. You can see the massive cavitation on the cone beam, but you cannot see it. This looks completely normal on the plain x-ray. So that's the point. You want to make another point on and this? And not only do you see this huge abscess, when you come up close, you can see that the bony border yes. of the sinus is completely eaten away so that the abscess on the tooth is directly communicating with the sinus cavity. Mm -hmm. All of this, number one, asymptomatic, and number two, completely undetectable yeah. on the regular x-ray. Yeah, everyone needs this. Uh, you know, you, you actually brought something up that nobody really talks about. You talked about um, normal teeth that aren't root canals, that not post-extraction sites, possibly having cavitation. Why would they have cavitation, and does the cone beam pick that up as well? Well, that's a little semantics there. You don't really have classical cavitational disease without an right. extraction. But in, fact, in, in a very advanced patient, you will have cavitations that develop at an extraction site and literally burrow their way in the bone that's what to involve the apex of another tooth. That's what happened okay. to me. So okay. I didn't know. So we got this cavitation out, and then it, what had happened is the cone beam showed that it went under the tooth in front all the way out. I had to lose that tooth. And you'd have never found that on a regular x-ray and just my stay plain sick the rest normal. of your life. My plain film looked normal. So despite my best efforts of taking care of myself, that cone beam saved my life. Yeah, you know, no doubt, because I would have been sick 10 years, 5 years, who knows, whatever it was. For whatever yeah. miserable period of time you had Absolutely. left to live. Yeah, so, so the cone beam can show other teeth that may have been affected by other infections. Sure, is your point. Absolutely. Okay. All right, what about kids? Should a kid get a cone beam x-ray? Could they have cavitation? Uh, I would say routinely, no. You don't need to do That's a 3D on a kid. What you do need to do is, let's say, for example, you have your teenagers going to play high school football. I definitely feel their initial physical examination, just like the blood work, should have one of these tests. And when, hopefully, it comes back completely normal and he or she develops a problem when they're 30, 35, 40, diabetes, arthritis, you name it, they redo the test and see if a brand new infected tooth has popped up. Now, on the other hand, with regard to kids, Kids obviously develop catastrophic and fatal diseases. Let's talk about leukemia. If you have a five-year-old kid that has leukemia, you doggone better do one of these tests because if there's an infected tooth there and kids get infected teeth too, they have cavities, they dig in there, they get infected. If you have an infected tooth there in a kid with leukemia and you don't address that tooth, you have completely missed his one chance, her one chance, at a long-term permanent cure. Dr. Tom, I've had people get <clears throat> cone beam x-rays and take them to their regular dentist, and the dentist looks at them and says, it looks fine to me. I go, hmm, and I send it to a dentist that you know, looks more at these, and he goes, fine to them, and they see this massive cavitation. Well, I mean, I can see them on the, on the <clears throat> cone beam. What's going on there? You bring up a great point, and I, that, that I was going to okay. try to mention this, and then turns out the question you asked leads me right into <laughs> right. it. Is, as a cardiologist, they have, we have a test called an echocardiogram. Now, I can read that echocardiogram without any information. I'm systematic, do all the measurements, look at the contractility, look at the valves, and reach my interpretation. 
but I will not get as much information out of that test as if the person ordering it says, look for vegetations on the mitral valve. Then I can look at it, I focus in, oh. I can see something subtle. Same thing with this examination. This examination has an enormous amount of information on it. You see the head, the brain, yeah. the, you see. And unless you're specific, you need to say, I want the apexes of all the teeth examined in all dimensions. Okay. All dimensions. All right. Because when you got the controls here. It's a 3D X-ray. You could just sit there and rotate it around. Ah. You can see every possible angle. I want each tooth examined in its entirety from all dimensions to rule out apical infections. All right. Okay. Yeah, because they're looking at it like a plain sure. X-ray. Exactly. Like this. Oh, yeah, it looks fine to me. And then when you do this, I've, I've right. done it with my own. Like, oh my gosh, there it is. There you go. Yeah, all right. That, that's a really important question because that's that's happening more and more now. I'm so. sorry to say that that one particular what I just said is not in the book. I, I wanted, right. I should have put in there. Make sure you're interpreting radiologist, physician, or dentist. Yeah. knows that this is what you're looking for. Yeah. Just don't say, here's my test, interpret it, it's, it's or you'll, you'll lose a lot of information. It's happened to me dozens of times yeah. to the point now where I ask the question, where can they get the book? Is it on Amazon? Where do they get it? Amazon and on my website. Oh, wait, tell them your website. Peakenergy.com. P-E-A-K-Energy.com. Peakenergy.com. Yeah, and you won't have peak energy if you have these infections, that's for no, sure. It was a pretty good name for a <laughs> website. That was really good. In the heart, too. I get it. Okay. All right. See, now they're going to remember it. Uh, okay. So beyond, you mentioned a few other things. I, you know, I had amalgams. I really cleaned up my act, obviously, did it the right way. I mean, I, my protocols are how to get this stuff out of the brain safely. Um, by the way, that's where it, big problem, too, right? I mean, there's on the post side of this, is the fact that most doctors, even alternative, they really don't go after it in the brain uh, correctly. It turns to inorganic mercury. There it's locked. And I got it out of my brain, but the problem was is I was left with pockets, uh, infection, periodontal disease, even though that I was healthy and got my life <clears> back, <throat> which well, would have led to bigger problems. Well, and the other thing with, for example, mercury is... Most of the docs, unfortunately, are not that experienced in different protocols for detoxification. That's what I teach. And everything that you mobilize is not excreted. A certain portion of it gets redeposited into new tissues, okay? I use the expression, detoxification is also retoxification. That's right. So you need to, especially when you're dealing with a type of detox that you know to be highly efficient, you need to give the patient coverage, not only with vitamin C, but with other antioxidants, so that we talked about this in, in my previous talk, that all toxins are pro-oxidant. Vitamin C is your prototypical antioxidant. When you meet these toxins in the blood, you give them the electrons they're seeking and trying to get a hold of, and you've taken away their ability to yeah. poison the body. And then you've just left for that the ability for them to be excreted yeah. in urine, mm. uh, feces, enteropathic and, circulation. And, and, and by the way, the retox, gosh, we, I totally agree. Most of my process is dealing with the potential of redistribution and retox. In the gut, we put a binder, four different binders that don't leave the gut. And we also use one even right before the dental appointment and right after that minimizes what's happening in and around the cell. 
you know, to make sure this doesn't redistribute. Right. Otherwise, exactly. it's going into the brain. That's how, that's how I lost my life. I, I just had two fillings randomly taken out. And days later, I was fatigued, didn't understand. Months later, years later, I finally, you know, well, my life trickled down over months, and years later, I figured out what happened. They have, for example, a very potent detox agent called DMPS. That is one of the most effective I use agents, it. okay? But most people use but it incorrectly. You take it, you better be buffering yourself because it pulls out toxins. I've seen it take patients with minimal neurologic conditions and cause them to have advanced Me neurologic too. conditions yep. because it hammers their immune system. Yep. But I've also seen, or had related to me, it sounds incredible, but patients that have gone blind with mercury toxicity and they start getting DMPS injections, and I don't yeah. know what the time frame was, a month or two, they start getting their vision back. <clears throat> so it should be part of your armamentarium, but you've got to protect the, the rest of the body against the detox Absolutely. effects. Folks, read. It's I like wrote, I call burning down the house to get rid of the roaches. <laughs> I wrote three articles when detox is dangerous. I talk about those real chelators because there's mistakes made with them, as you're pointing out, um, and other mistakes. And as well as the other side of the coin, many people are using these herbal things, calling them real chelators and binders. They're really not, and they just cause more redistribution. So read when detox is dangerous. All right, anything else that is in here that you feel they need to know to avoid this epidemic right here, the hidden epidemic? Well, we talk minimally about supplementation. That's covered more extensively in my other books. We talk a lot about the... Um, the ozone applications, for example. That's great. I was going to ask you that. One thing that we haven't talked a lot about here, but it's really important because when you have root canals or when you have other chronically infected teeth that we're talking about, guess what tissue is detoxifying as best it can in draining those infections? Your tonsils. Mm. Your tonsils are what I call affectionately WIMP lymphoid glands. They can deal with a minimal normal challenge in the mouth and protect your body. When you hit them with a root canal that's just pouring toxins and pathogens nonstop, almost across the board they become chronically infected. And this is important. Not chronically infected like tonsillitis in a kid where they're big and swollen and puffy. Typically they're not swollen and they look perfectly normal. Yeah. Okay? And this was the work of Dr. Issels back in the 1950s. He had metastatic cancer patients. 98% of them had infected teeth and root canals. And initially, he started his protocol, extracted these teeth. They did better as a group, but there was still a substantial percentage getting heart attacks. Hmm. And somewhere along the line, he figured it out. He started routinely, and it's a major operation, don't get me wrong. He started routinely extracting the tonsils and he had no more heart attacks. And in Dr. Issels' words, not mine, 100% of the tonsils, even though they looked morphologically normal, were grossly abscessed and pitted and scarred on the inside. So after my cavitation surgery, I had my tonsils injected with ozone. Do you recommend that? Absolutely. I hope so. <laughs> you, 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 you led into my next point, oh, which yeah. is, quite honestly, I just about had a heart attack some, oh, uh, eight or nine years ago, uh, my CRP was elevated, I was getting chest pain, and I'd done everything else, and I remember Dr. Issels' work. And I didn't know anything about ozone back then. 
So your tonsils were holding infection. Okay, and my CRP was elevated, so I got my tonsils taken out. Worst experience of my life, but my CRP came back into normal, and my chest pain subsided. Wow. I got an angiogram six months later, and they were perfectly normal. I have no doubt I had a critical stenosis uh -huh. back then. And then later on, I find out that, hey, you know, you could do ozone ejections, and it might, and frequently does, clear up this infection or at least suppress it. And how would you know if you suppress it or not? CRP. Yeah. If your CRP is five, which is quite elevated. That's high. I don't like okay. it above one. <laughs> right. And you do a series of ozone ejections, and it comes down to 2.52, 1.8. Well, you're in a much safer category. I mean, ideal if it goes below one. Right. But at least you have something where you can track it. There are also a few more esoteric tests that I talk about in this book for looking at tonsillar anatomy that you okay. could possibly do to look for a cold But, I mean, if you have a dentist or a doc that's uh, doing ozone injections, have your tonsils injected, <clears throat> how many typically would you recommend uh, if you feel, let's assume that you have some infection there, how many? Um, from the positive results we've seen in the series in the literature, probably three to five yeah. over a couple okay. month period. All right. You know, and, and it's very simple. You tiny, tiny, tiny needle. I think. Yeah. No. Twenty-seven it was, it was gauge. Painless. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. Two cc's of a low concentration of ozone, and you just poke directly into it. Yeah. No harm done. And even if they're tucked behind the uh, the, the falsial pillars. You just go right through the pillar directly into the uh, tonsil if you can't get a good angle. Yeah, well, there you have it. Great book, get it. This is a life changer. You changed my life years ago and you didn't even know it. So uh, meeting you was an absolute pleasure. Thanks for being on Cellular Healing TV. Thank you. And man. I'll see you all on the next episode right here from SopMed. Very good. Hey, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, Cyto Detox. Look, podcasts cost money. There's a lot of production uh, going around this, but uh, we are grateful to have Cytodetox as one of the sponsors. It's so easy for me to talk about the product because myself and my family use it constantly as we practice what I preach. For over 15 years, I've talked about and taught doctors and the public about cellular detox. And I'll tell you, Cyto was a breakthrough. Cyto was a breakthrough for us. Um, and it's changed so many lives. So we're grateful that they sponsor Cellular Healing TV. It makes sense, doesn't it? They should. If you're listening to this podcast and want to access the amazing Cyto Detox product Dr. Pompa just mentioned, please visit detoxoffer.com. Again, that's detoxoffer.com. Well, that's it for this week. The materials and content within this podcast are intended as general information only and are not to be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you would like to purchase some of the supplements mentioned on this show, please visit the site as seen on chtv.com and use the code chtv15 for 15% off. Again, that's as seen on chtv.com. Use the code chtv15 for 15% off. And as always, thanks for listening.